0: to Westside Unscripted. This is the podcast where the pastors loosen their ties, throw away all of their notes, and answer questions about theology and culture. I am Josh Bartels, the assistant to the pastors at Westside Baptist Church, and I'm joined here by our preaching pastor, Pastor Peter Montoro, and he is going to be under the gun with a question today from one of our members. So let's jump into it. The question today is... How does the biblical timeline of creation of the earth conflict with common scientific adoptions of the earth being uh, four plus billion years old? Are the biblical timelines uh, that we have in scripture skewed or are the scientific understandings that we hear flawed? Uh, is the earth young with a bunch of different species that existed at once or are they is the earth old with stacked layers of extinctions? Uh, so that's a lot to kind of that ask is a lot. one question. <laughs> that is
1: a lot, and and uh, we're we're not going to cover all of that. But I think with so many with so many things, I think one of the most needed skills that we have, uh, not that we have, but one of the skills that we most need, uh, is a theological triage, and so sort of a framework that I've um, you know used in a lot of different settings is. What are the positions that are essential to orthodoxy? So what are the truths uh, that are vital for our salvation? What are the truths that if you don't believe them, even if you yourself may be a believer, you're undermining the foundations of the faith if you deny them? So so what are those things that are vitally important that all Christians believe? Um, and then, you know, what are those things that uh, Christians should stand for but may differ on? Um, And in many cases, you know, so an issue like baptism, they're they're important things, uh, but to differ on would be a difference in church communion. There are other things that are equally important, um, but that aren't as crucial to the boundaries of the church. And so Christians, even within one church, can differ on them. But they're things that it's important to take a position on, and they're worth, you know, as it were, arguing over and having a position on. And then there's matters that are, you know, mere opinion, you think this, I think this, um, and nobody really knows. Uh, so there's there's sort of a, a three level and you know you could split that up into uh you know more more categories but I don't really think you could do with if you're going to have a theological triage I don't think you could really uh, do with fewer issues than that um and so the most important thing the thing that I'm um, you know most concerned about is to say these are th- these are uh, views that are possible for believers who, Believe the scriptures. You know these these are these are possible for Christians who believe the scriptures. These are views that are, undermine the the truth of the scripture in such a way that they should be outside of the bounds of the conversation. Um. So in order for us to talk about you know what position should we hold as Christians, we need to sort of set the boundaries of the discussion. Um. And I think when we're talking about uh, the origin of the earth, the origin of humanity, there was a a children's book uh, that I got for Petey when he was a toddler, and. Uh, the beginning of the book, the first line, we read it to him so many times. God created all that is, and all that is is His. Uh, and so, any any view that denies or undercuts that uh, is going to be just incompatible with Christianity.
0: Outside the bounds.
1: Outside the We're, bounds. We can't. Yeah. You know, you can't go. You can't go there. Um, and and the second, so I think there's two theological truths that are vitally important that you you really cannot um, you can't relegate them to secondary status uh without undercutting historic Christianity. So the first is that God created everything. This is God's world. Um he created it, he ordered it. Um and he's not a uh you know absentee landlord, as it were. Uh he actually is involved, vitally involved, uh and 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 this is something scripture is very clear on. In the beginning, God created the heaven or the heavens and the earth uh and you know he says in Isaiah over and over again that everything is mine. It's mine. The world belongs to God. Uh, the world's ordered by God. The world, the world was created by God. And so we have to start with that. Um, that's the, you know, really, you know, that's one of the most foundation, foundational truths of all. And the second, um, when we're considering what views it might be acceptable for a Christian to hold, uh, the second is going to be, you know, that God created Adam in his image as his likeness, um, and he created Eve uh, as his image in his likeness, um, and created the two of them together as his image on the earth. Um, and all human beings go back to Adam. So in Romans five, Paul talks about the idea of the the headship of Adam and the headship of Christ. Uh, and so, just as we are uh, in Christ, we're in, in, in the believers are in Christ, and unbelievers are in Adam. Um, and so. There has there, there's a representation, and that representation, uh, is predicated on the fact, in the case of Adam, that Adam is our forefather, and and if you deny that or undercut that or try to explain that away, uh, to be able to have a more you know acceptability to the sec, you know world of secular scientists, I, I really think you are cutting the ground from which you stand as a believer. Uh, I don't really think that I you you are <laughs> and and and, and, and you can see that's happened before right and it With happened.
0: people who have adopted that kind of position that over time it ends up corroding the rest of right. what they believe exactly. right
1: exactly you know that the, 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 the those then become the issues that uh, and and you see this with uh, so you know with the with secular evolution evolutionist view um they undermine that god is the one who created everything and you see the fruits of that uh, and really you know so the the scientific details of things is less something that I, you know, feel competent to speak into, but I did, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of work on the philosophical side of that. And, you know, you start reading about, you know, secular cosmology, and they're really, they're they're so far-fetched. They just don't, you know, there has to be an explanation for why things are here. And if you start reading, I'm not, they're not all coming to mind, but, you know, the different hypotheses about how, why there's something rather than nothing. And scientists really, you know, secular scientists really fall flat on their face. It just gets to be silly. You know, in the beginning there was nothing and this nothingness, you know, and you can mock it in an unhelpful way, until you actually go and try to read people seriously arguing for different views of cosmology, uh, which cosmology would be, you know, where did the cosmos come from, the big picture? And, and so when you get into philosophical questions, you're like, I may not be able to follow all the scientific details of the arguments, but I can follow this, and this is nonsense. Um, so were you going to say something? No, I don't know. Okay, so, so, so that, that first question. And the, and the second question, you've got the, the theological point that, you know, God created man in His image and in His likeness, um, and He created man from the dust of the earth. And that that idea that man is a special creation of God that's created from the dust of the earth is just so central and so repeated that anything that undermines that really, you're not dealing with Christianity anymore. Um, and so that second issue of the unique creation of Adam, that becomes, I think, the rock against which. Uh, theistic evolution, which can mean different things to different people, but theistic evolution, the base, basically I would define it as is something that attempts to basically have God as the force behind evolution as normally conceived. Um, And so you're really accepting, in that case, you're accepting basically a standard, it depends on who you're talking to, so I don't, you know, and and again, the scientific scientific aspect isn't something I've, uh, would be a specialty for me, um, but you really start accepting this, the... The secular view, and you just sort of add God to the mix as sort of the primal force that's pushing things along. Uh, So a theistic evolution view would see, you know, all the development of, you know, apes up to the point where you have the first human, and somehow God breathes upon, you know, a previously existing creature, and, and it becomes a man. Um, and, and so you have a spectrum of how much involvement God has, you know, God's creating different life forms along the way, uh, and so he's responsible for the missing links, or, you know, some would basically, there'd be no difference between that uh, supposedly Christian viewpoint and a secular viewpoint, only that one denies God and one accepts him, but doesn't really give him anything to do.
0: Right. So the, the simply put, theistic evolution is taking all the hard questions about naturalistic evolution and putting god in the in the in the place where where did this something come from well god had it how did apes transition to man or different species transition to others well god was providentially kind of letting this whole thing run is that right so god's the answer to the tough questions and we still maintain god but the theory kind of runs the same way yeah exactly practice
1: yes and, and again, there's there's a lot of different viewpoints. So there may be someone who doesn't quite fit that who would be called theistic evolution. But that basically, you know, basically, you know, gets rid of, you know, any need for a designer, but still posits one, anyways. Uh, and so that would be, I think, those are the boundary lines that I think if you deny that, um, you know, you you fundamentally can't, you can't be a follower of Jesus. I mean, you may you may actually be a believer. So I'm not denying your salvation, but I'm denying the viability of your faith as a The coherence of your faith, Mm -hmm. Um, and so that you know you're you're on a trajectory that's going to lead uh, to a to a bad place, and so that's that's one hand that would be the, the sort of the first stage of the theological triage. I think the area where it's important, uh, but Christians differ, would be on uh, old earth creation versus new uh, new earth creation, or younger, rather it's called young earth creationism. And even young earth creationism, you've got a spectrum there. So, so one thing I, I don't, and I know everyone might not agree with me on this, so there's, there's a reason why uh, this is an area that's debated. Um, but there's a, a sort of type of young Earth creationism that has to have every last detail completely nailed down. So this is a this is a broader problem, and and that is the conflation of.
0: So when you say that young Earth these, this young Earth creation has to every every detail nailed down, you're talking about like. They can point you to a calendar date when the earth was
1: created. Yes, that, that's where I was headed. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so where I was headed is a is a type that, you know, so uh, the earth was created 4004 BC in October on a particular date in October. Probably no, Halloween.
0: I'm, what? Probably Halloween. No, it's not Halloween.
1: <laughs> There's a particular date, particular time of day even. Okay, oh wow. Um, but, you know, that basically pins their faith to that 4004, you know, if it's a year earlier or later, then we can't trust the Bible. And, and, and that kind of mentality that pins the certainty of what we believe with the certainty of our understanding of the truth so that pins the the certainty of the truth of what we believe in mm-hmm. with the compre- with our comp- complete perfection, you know, with no openness for questions or questions we can't answer. So basically, if you can show to me that I'm wrong about anything, then I just won't believe the Bible. Um, and not only have I heard people say that, I've seen people do that. Um, you know where you and you know you and I grew up uh, in a similar context where we saw people. You didn't really see too many people change their theological positions, but we saw people go from Christianity to completely abandoning faith on a pretty regular basis because they conflated the certainty of their understanding with the certainty of that which they were seeking to understand. Um, and so I think that's the danger at the other end that that's going to be really problematic and ultimately that kind of um, basically and it really. That in some ways falls into, you know, what the serpent tempted Eve with. You, you're going to be like gods. You have to have a god's eye perspective, or you can't trust God. You know, right. either you either you know like God, or you can't trust God. And I know that's not the intention. I'm not. I'm not saying that's the intention at all. But ultimately, um, even with good intentions, it can lead to a really dangerous place. Um, so I, I'd I'd want to say. You know, uh, that kind of thinking, that particular kind of mindset uh, leads us, you know, where we we basically have—either we answer every question or we don't trust God. And I think, you know, with something as big as all of creation, there are going to be puzzles that we can't answer, and that's okay. Yeah. Um,
0: and if we have that certainty structure, then if one of those dominoes falls, we are buying into the idea that all the dominoes have to fall. So yes. one domino falls— this piece of evidence that I've known for so long proves that the earth was created on this day is now totally taken away from me. And therefore
1: I turn my back on the conception of God creating the world altogether. Exactly. And, and that kind of, and obviously that'd be an extreme case, but sure, there, that, right. but that it's an extreme case that has actually happened. And I've seen that with other things that like, you know, either we have a letter for letter, perfect translation of scripture, or we don't have the word of God at all. Well, that just doesn't, that that's a really unhelpful way to think about scripture, um, and it it usually is a very narrow, you know. It only works in a particular, you know. So with Bible translation, well, that would only work if with the printing press because every manuscript is just a little bit different. So so a lot of times, what you'll have is you'll have a you'll have a secular, you know, perspective, and then you'll have believers that are like, our our orthodoxy comes from being exactly the opposite. So whatever the world affirms, we have to deny that. Um, so we have to be as extremely opposite. But it's, it's, you know, I've talked about this quite a bit. It's the horseshoe effect that actually those that, um, you know, so it's, it's vital that we deny, you know, the, the lies of evolution and the lies of, um, you know, those who would take God out of the picture. It's vital we deny that. But if we pin our faith to a particular form of our denial— then uh, denial of the world, then we're facing the world and what they're doing rather than facing the scripture. And, 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 and really the questions we're asking then begin to shift. Uh, and so if the questions we're asking is what does scripture say about whatever, you know, what, what the evolutionists are asking, then we've already changed. We're already leaving the realm of, of what scripture might actually be speaking about a, order to answer, you know, so I don't, you know, the book of Job, for instance, is poetry. Um, and so, trying to get precise botanical information or not, zoological information about arguing about what particular animals that Job is talking about is, I think, not, not not that it's an irrelevant question to ask, but for understanding the book of Job, it's not really the point. Um, and, and, and so, things like that, where you, you start getting into really pushing into details that the text isn't really interested in, um, then. Then, then we're getting away from understanding the scripture. And so I think in, in terms of the the specific, uh, anyways, I got a little off track there. but Sure,
0: yeah, so bringing it back, you've you've outlined so far the boundaries of where we definitely can't go. We can't go beyond God creating the heavens and the earth in the beginning and God being the one who has created all that is, and it's all his. Two, then we also can't have, uh, we have to have a historical Adam upon which our faith can be built. So that's the boundaries that's totally off limits. When it comes to the timeline of the Earth, you've got young Earth creationists and old Earth creationists. Uh, the young Earth, we definitely don't want to be on the side of dead certainty of here's when we've, when the Earth was created on this particular day at this particular time. But how do we then approach trying to nail down how old the Earth is or where does that fit into the categories of triage or ha- yeah, wh- yeah. What, what should we, what, how should we be thinking about it
1: then? How old is the Earth? Yeah, well, I mean, so how old is the earth? I don't know how old the earth is exactly. (laughs) Um, And that gets to, I don't see, you know, so it depends on how you, you know, understand. So just when you read the genealogies, say, of of Genesis, uh, I don't see the function of those genealogies to tell us how old the earth is. Um, So there's a lot of things, and I've spent a lot of time talking about the genealogies in Genesis. There's a lot of important points that they're making. I don't think they're primarily intending to give us a chronology so that we can do, you know, so that we can then say, okay, this is how this particular canyon here was formed or this particular thing was formed. I don't have any problem with someone doing that kind of work. And it's just, it's kind of like you can't answer, um, you know, so, so you can't answer every, and this is part of the thing that I've wrestled with, is you can't answer every question. You can't be an expert on everything. But in order to give a good answer on um, particular, you know, so in, order, so in order, if you're going to talk about the Grand Canyon, for instance, um, and how the Grand Canyon was formed, you know, I think, you know, the biblical uh, version of the flood looks to me like a great explanation for the Grand Canyon. There's a whole lot of water that's pouring through there, right? So, I mean, that would be, if I would say this is my position, that'd be the position that I would hold. But the truth is, I don't know a lot about geology, So if someone who's a Christian who affirms that God created the world uh, and who affirms that God created Adam and affirms that everything belongs to God and affirms that God didn't just create the world, but he orders the world, and they have a different view on the Grand Canyon, then that's fine. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It just means that I'm not going to you know, go after them, (laughs) you know, now if I was a geologist and I had strong views in that point, like, you know, this is what the evidence is saying, this is what the scriptures are teaching, and here's how all this fits together, you know, then I would be a little bit more like dogmatic about it. But you can't be an expert on everything, uh, and so, you know. So, I
0: mean, if I, to sum up some of, I think, what you're saying then, if we affirm that a Christian can go into these, should go into these kinds of questions, open-minded Looking for the evidence, trying to pursue truth like they would pursue in other areas of life, and as long as the theological boundaries were in place, there's freedom to say what does you know what are good geological practices for studying the earth. Absolutely, and then just dive in. Yeah, and and,
1: and and without and 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 without, you know, the, one of the dangers is there's, there's people who have a desperation to make things as palatable as possible to a secular audience, and I think we have to get rid of that idolatry, and and that's kind of in my sort of my way that I would approach things is I'm going to take the most traditional, you know, historic approach and that's going to be my default. That's going to be where I'm going to start. You know, so if I were to say what's my position on, you know, the, you know, what's my personal position on say the age of the earth, Let's say, you know, as far as I know, uh, I I don't think it's, I think the earth is probably more than 6,000 years old, but, uh, you know, what, 20,000, 50,000, whatever, you know, that that doesn't really create any tension for the biblical chronology at all, um, and I don't have any reason, no one's given me any good reason to change that. You know, that was, you know, that that's the sort of default reading of the text, and this is really the, the case with all biblical reading, that you start with the most obvious reason of the text, unless you have a really good reason to have a reading that's something other than obvious, and sometimes the obvious reason isn't the correct one. So sometimes, you know, you, you're reading the text, and you think, well, it's, it's, you know, sequential. These events are happening sequentially. Uh, and then you take a closer look and you realize that they're actually arranged thematically. It doesn't mean that scripture isn't true. That just means that there were other factors that you didn't notice that someone pointed out to you. Uh, so you actually have quite a bit of this in the books of Samuel and Kings, where things that on the first, you know, first instance appear to be taking, or judges is a great instance. So if you just read judges, um, it appears to be sequential. Like one judge you know, ruled, another judge died, another judge ruled, another judge died, until you start trying to put the chronology together of the history and you realize there is absolutely no way (laughs) that the book of Judges is sequential. Many of these Judges ruled at the same time. Well, the text doesn't say that they're sequential, that was just the assumption, you know, that I came to the text with. Um, And so after, you know, studying the history and trying to put the chronology of Judges and the Kings together, you know, it becomes very obvious um, that you have multiple judges ruling in different places at different times and multiple threats happening at the same time. Uh, and so then there is still room for discussion on how compressed judges is, and that gets to the date of the Exodus and you know gets to the problem of chronology in the ancient world and the scripture and in the ancient world more generally. Um, so you have questions like that. So, but it's always good to start with trust of the text and trust of, the, I mean, you start and end with trust of the text. You never don't trust the text. Sure, yeah. But basically just taking a plain sense A plain sense view, unless there's a good reason to take something, you know, other, and unless there's a good reason to say, okay, well, actually, because of this other data, then the timeline of the age of the earth has to expand. And so if someone is a, you know, geologist or something or whatever, and they say, hey, you know, I think we need more time, uh, and the scripture doesn't give us an absolute chronology, then I'm going to say, well, you're an orthodox brother, and, you know, you haven't proved it to me, I haven't... I'm not necessarily persuaded, but if that's what you believe, that's fine, as long as you're affirming these important things and you're not undercutting them and you're not doing it out of a desire to be acceptable to the world. Right. You know That's what we have to guard against. And that's um,
0: where what you were saying about the horseshoe effect comes in, where in order that it, on one end of the horseshoe, we can be doing our science in order to be acceptable to the popular, most popularly accepted idea about the age of the earth. On the other side, we can say, well, we want to fight against the age of the earth. So we're going to nail down all the science to show that the earth is only 6,002 years old. And here's how we can prove it and all the details. So that then when we go to science, we're actually going with a presupposition of the way things are. And then looking for our science to prove that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So on, on either end, you've got people approaching the science saying, well, obviously the world evolved and they're not willing to look at what's right in front of them, staring them in the face. On the other side, it might be that they're looking at something that that ordinarily they would say was older, but that they would want to, you know, match the data to fit their theory of creation, too.
1: Yeah, and, and, and kind of my perspective is I'm primarily, you know, I study the scriptures, I study theology, I study culture, and... I see a lot of these things as being, you know, we want to identify what are the main questions scripture wants us to be asking, and so, you know, so questions that I think are a lot more. So it's kind of like you can only you can only address so many questions, and I think really key to to our formation as Christians is giving priority to the questions that are most important. You know, so God's rule over the earth, so that God doesn't just you know leave the earth to his own devices, but you know, the you know, so, so-called natural laws are the results of the regularities of God's personal rule over his creation. So that's something I think that's theologically a whole lot more significant. right? And, and that's something scripture addresses. So it's kind of like taking our cues from scripture and taking our key questions from scripture and saying, these are the questions that are really important for theology or for Christian practice. You know, whereas... You know, explaining a particular geological formation or whatever, in, in you know, so that that just is a is a question that's important for if you're a geologist, it's important to be faithful to the scriptures as a geologist, as a scientist. But to sort of pin your faith on a particular interpretation of a particular scientific thing that the scripture actually doesn't address one way or the other, yeah. um, you know, that's you know, and and of course. I, just to be clear, I am not opposed to apologetic work that undercuts, you know, you know, points out the fallacies of, you know, the so-called missing links and how so many of those have been hoaxes, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm for I'm for that kind of that kind of creationist scientist and that kind of creationist apology, uh, for sure. But what I would be less for is basically taking really complicated things and telling people this precise thing is exactly how it's explained and we've answered every question, and then when you realize they haven't actually answered all the questions that they claim to have answered, then that threatens to undermine your faith as a whole. And, and that's, you know, a, a willingness to trust even when we can't nail down every last nail, as it were, and be able to say God knows what he's doing even when we don't, then that our overall, so more important than particular questions of detail is our approach to what is our, you know, our approach to, Basically realizing that, yes, we can absolutely trust everything that God says, um, but we don't have to understand everything that God has done in the world right. uh, in order for that trust to be valid. Yeah. So that distinction between um, the, the, the perfection of what we're trusting in and the imperfection of our ability to understand. Uh, yeah. So. That's good. Well, if
0: you want to convince Pastor Peter that the earth is older than 6,000 years old, I recommend going with 7,777 years old. <laughs> he loves numbers, and he'll be way more amiable to that suggestion. <laughs> Not really, but since we haven't given a specific day of the Earth, <laughs> Earth's age, uh, we're going to end it there and let you go find out for yourself. But this has been Westside Unscripted, and we're glad that each of you have listened into to today's uh, podcast. And we look forward to the next question, what uh, what the next sticky subject we'll jump into <laughs> will be. And so if you have a question or a comment and you'd like to send that our way, you can send it to josh at BibleDirectionForLife.com. I'll get those, and we'll queue those up for Pastor Peter. Uh, if you would like to listen to more of his preaching and teaching, he's done a lot of teaching uh, from the book of Genesis, and uh, most of it, I believe, is on uh, sermon audio. So if you look up the West Side Baptist Church on Sermon audio, you'll be able to hear a lot of his teaching in Genesis, mostly, I believe, though, from the
1: last half. So there's PDFs of the uh, first, the notes that I wrote for the beginning. Um, those are on the bl- on the website there's a bl- that they, they were posted as like blog post right. so I there may be like a gap in between but if anyone's interested in those I'd be happy to send a uh, a PDF of the ones up to where I started uh, doing it uh, as a lesson as opposed to notes for the neighborhood fellowship so you can see the questions that I think Genesis is trying to address exactly. um, and that uh, yeah you can see it that way and that'll
0: kind of l- let you see where He he believes the scripture is starting the address, not so much where we're coming from when we come to Genesis. Yes. What are the questions
1: that Genesis is interested in? Because that's really what I care about. Yeah. And I think that's what you should care about as well. Absolutely. So
0: be sure to check those out on the website and check out the teaching series of what's left, what uh, you can find of it on Sermon Audio. And uh, thanks for listening once again. We're glad that you've joined us and we hope you join us again next week for more questions and talk about theology and culture.